Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. Verse 24 says, Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. But what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits his own self? Now here we have the other side of the coin, if you will. This speaks to those who have endured the past few verses and have yet decided to stay on the sidelines, those attempting to keep hold of their lives, to stay safe, and to indulge in this world will according to this passage, that is, ultimately they'll lose it all. Sadly, I have to tell you, I've watched this passage come to pass over and over again in so very many lives, and it's heartbreaking. The only thing that keeps me sane through this sad display is that I also have the joy of watching a few who have embraced their discipleship. The few who have picked up their cross Our Lord is showing them a life this world could never offer. Luke 14, 33. So therefore, whoever of you who doesn't renounce all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. The question that is posed in verse 25 is plain and obvious. Why do we try to hang on to something which we cannot hold? Christ will not force us to carry that cross. But how can we say we love him and say no to him at the same time? This world is moving so very quickly. All are seeking to accumulate as much as they can and as fast as they can. Yet its dwelling masses on this planet continue to come up empty-handed and come up with empty hearts. Verse 26, For whoever will be ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But to tell you the truth, there are some of those who stand here who will in no way taste of death until they see God's kingdom. Jesus here now gets very personal and very intimate. For Jesus, this grab-and-run attitude is a heart that is ashamed to know him. Frankly, it's a blight upon the church today, seeking all the blessings of Christendom while at the same time seeking all the world has to offer. But Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon or God and money. doesn't say here that if I treat my Savior this way that I'll somehow lose my salvation. But I wonder, do I not want to live my life in such a way where he will not be ashamed of me? How will I explain why, despite the cross that I live for myself? Even though he gave me everything that I still knelt at the altar of the world. He cleansed me from sin, and I never responded. Oh, I said I loved him, but I never moved on 
you know, to what that means and what God gave me. I never did anything for him. I never really loved him, not in the in the practical realm. John 14, 21 says, One who has my commandments, only he who has my commandments and keeps them. That person is the one who loves me. One who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. There has been much conjecture, I guess you could say, about verse 27. Now, perhaps he was speaking specifically about the Apostle John, or perhaps it was something else. But in the context of the verse, I got to tell you, I know exactly who he's talking about. Me. For I have indeed seen the kingdom of God. Have you? Verse 28 of our text this morning says, About eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter, John, and James, and went up onto the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became white and dazzling. Now, in our previous passage, Jesus had just laid it all out for the apostles. He he told them about the true cost of following him, the, the reality of what a disciple's life looks like. Now, in that blessed position, we need to know comes the highs of mountaintop experiences, but also the lows of the valley tribulations. For the apostles, one could make the case that their journey truly began at this point. All the things they would see from here on out. They would know and experience marvelous things. They also would pay dearly on the earthly realm for those blessings. Jesus, while regularly ministering to the masses, he understood that such was only half the calling of a teacher and preacher. Just as important as leading the lost to salvation is the discipleship of those who would indeed pick up their cross and follow him. It would be these who would follow these who would carry on the message and the work after he, uh, Jesus, that is, had left this earth. These chosen ones, quote unquote, who would be given the power and the authority to do all which he had asked of them. For know this, anytime Jesus calls a man or a woman, he equips them with what is needed to complete the task. We read about the discipleship of the committed. The discipleship of the committed should be the same priority for the pastor teacher today. Jesus did so on a moderate level. He trained up the 70 in chapter 10, and then on a grander level with the 12 apostles who would then be center stage in the history of mankind. Then even beyond those 12, there was the inner circle of Christ, the discipleship of the committed. That inner circle encompassed just three, Peter, James, and John. It was these three who would be at the forefront of the ministry after Jesus departed this earth and ascended back to the Father. They were to be his closest companions 
throughout his three-year earthly ministry. It is a relationship that is understood by pastors, really throughout the world, as it is given to their own inner circle of chosen disciples for Christ. Jesus naturally spent time with this inner circle, time reserved for personal sharing, building, and trusting, intimate relationship. For Jesus, this relationship was very important. And on this occasion, he took the boys up to the mountaintop for a time of prayer. Jesus seemed needed to pray. After all, he was under some pressure. The cross lay before him, and he knew it. Now, as he prayed, Jesus was transfigured before them. The language speaks of flash-like lightning. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.